Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. Uh, whether you're watching live on our Facebook page or you're seeing us on Creative Motion Network or you're listening to the audio version, we thank you for joining us. Uh, this episode has got a really great uh, guest and a really great conversation. I truly believe you're going to be blessed by it and you're really going to enjoy getting to know uh, Kimmy Zwartz and also learning about RFK, which is Royal Family Kids. It was a uh, camp that, uh, uh, that's been around for quite a while. We're going to get into the history and about what they do and what they're all about. Uh, so you're really going to enjoy this episode, and I, I believe you're going to be blessed. Uh, but before we dive in, I want to uh, jump into our devotions with Dave segment. Uh, the uh, chapter and verse we're going to be going with is uh, Matthew 25, verse 40. Uh, the king will reply, "I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my uh, one of these brothers of mine, you did for me." So that's uh, Matthew 25:40. The king will reply, "I tell you the truth, that whatever you did." For for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And uh, for that uh, verse, I just thought it was really important, especially given the topic that we're talking about tonight. Um, but right before that, Jesus is telling us about how people who have given to um, to the least of these, uh, given food to the hungry, giving clothing uh, to the needy, giving shelter to the homeless, whatever you do to the least of these. And I tr- I truly believe that Jesus is kind of talking on our level because in God's kingdom, there is no least of these. We're all his children. We're all equal heirs when we accept Jesus. So he's kind of talking on our level to get, get inside our heads, calling about the least of these, the people that sometimes we're tempted to look down on. And he said, whatever you do, whether you've actually given the hungry food or you've given the needy clothing or you've given the homeless shelter, if you've done that, you've done that unto to Jesus. And if you've not done that, if you've neglected to help somebody in need, you've also done that to Jesus. So keep that in mind and just be encouraged that Jesus knows what you do, even if you don't get accolades, if you don't get uh, an award, if you don't even get noticed. God is going to know. And whatever you do, no matter who you do it to, you're doing it to and for the Lord. So I want to encourage you to get involved, do whatever you can. And maybe this organization we're going to talk about tonight is going to be one of those organizations that you'd like to get involved with uh, as a volunteer or financially or uh, any other way that uh, you uh, that you think you can get involved. So uh, without further ado, let me please uh, uh, welcome Kimmy Zwartz. Kimmy is the director of RFK Lockport. Uh, I hope that uh, you'll check out their page, follow them, and I encourage you just to uh, really uh, consider supporting them. Uh, Kimmy, welcome to the Gisher Glory podcast. Hi, Dave. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So how is the family doing now that uh, you are expanding your family? We are expanding. Um, we're doing good. A little impatient here and there. But other than that, we are very uh, grateful for everything that's going on in our lives. So not only are you building a human, but you're also building the year two of RFK Lockport. Um, last year was a, a, a weird year. Uh, everybody knows that. But you were still able to pull off the first ever Lockport chapter. Uh, so tell us a little bit, before we even talk about the camp, tell us about 
what Royal Family Kids is about. So Royal Family Kids Camp is a um, sleepaway camp for foster kids. It's one of the uh, few in the nation that we have that works directly with uh, foster parents as well as DCFS, which is in Illinois the um, the company that works with foster kids. Um, mm -hmm. So they're the caseworkers of the kids that we work hand in hand with. So through them we we get these children and we bring them to a camp that we literally get to come and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, we do a two deep rule at our camp. So that means no adult is ever left alone with a camper just to protect ourselves and to protect our campers. So um, in that we require a lot of volunteers that do come out and have a heart to love and pour into our children. And we do camping or we do we it's a camp so obviously we go camping but we're not intense we're in um cabins which is a little bit more uh, friendly for the ladies um but we do canoeing we do kayaking we do fishing we didn't get to last year but we will do swimming um we do bible studies and stuff like that and we just are able to offer the kids a chance to just be a kid again and to take them out of the atmosphere of always having to worry about what happens next and one of the things I really enjoyed is the, the title is RFK, Royal Family Kids. And that's about treating these kids like royalty because they come from situations most times where they're, they're literally the least of these. And we get to actually elevate them and show them what it is like to be truly loved by the father. Right. We, we literally take our camp week and try to instill in them the identity that God chosen for them. They're not identified as orphans, but of the sons and daughters of a one, of our one true King. So this, uh, this summer is going to be year two. We, uh, pulled together a, a weekend camp, which is four days instead of the traditional five in October. And that's why we couldn't go swimming because Illinois, you, you stop swimming in, like September 4th, right around Labor Day. Uh, otherwise, it gets too cold. So this summer, full summer heat in the in uh, early July, and uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun because we're going to be able to swim. And I hope that uh, we find plenty of men to help because I, I'm not good at baiting hooks. <laughs> yeah, luckily last year we had a few campers that really loved that gig, but uh, we, we tend to struggle in that department as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, RFK, it's actually the, the National Royal Family Kids has kind of undergone a, a little bit of a rebrand, even though uh, the local levels are still going to be called RFK. It's now called For the Children. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the change and what their mission is going to be now? So I have been working with Royal Family Kids Camp since the age of 16, and I have seen now this is our second rebrand um, since I've started with them. Before, it was just a logo change. Um, if you specifically look at the Royal Family Kids Camp logo, it looks to the average eye to just be a crown, but it's actually in the middle is an adult or the mentor or the counselor, and they're actually holding on to the hands of their two children, which would be their campers or their mentees. Because Royal Family Kids Camp as of right now is just um, a camp program and a mentoring program. Um, when we rebranded into the For the Children, we have the hopes for a future of um, being able to foster under that and to expand it beyond just the ability of having a camp and a mentoring program. So I can't get into specifics about that, but we are so excited about the future and what that looks like. Um, and it's just really being a bigger umbrella 
to the world and to our foster kids. The uh, big story and the, what makes you so unique is that you are the first of your kind uh, as far as uh, being a director of Royal Family Kids. And uh, without giving a whole lot away, um, just tell us about what makes you so unique as a director uh, of RFK. So I am the first ever alumni to come back and be a um, director. So I did I did come to camp as a camper for four years um, between the ages of six and we're not supposed to, but I did come back at the age of 13 um, because I was a special circumstance camper, which was amazing and really helped fuel the um, flame in me to come back as a director. So uh, we kind of touched on it there. Uh, you you uh, were uh, in the foster system and you went to RFK for uh, those four summers. Uh, so uh, as much as you're comfortable with, uh, given our audience, uh, which is going to be all over the place, tell us, uh, Kimmy, about your, your testimony. How did you first come to know Jesus and uh, how big of a role did uh, Royal Family Kids play in that? So I tell people all the time that my testimony began before I was even born, just like all of ours does. Um, I was supposed to be aborted. Um, my mom wanted me, but my father did not. He abandoned my mom before I was born. The second that he found out that I was pregnant, um, she went through obviously with having me because here I am <laughs> and right. decided that I was worth more than um, being essentially ripped from her. Um, so she had me and it was just my brother, my older brother, James, myself, her and my grandfather at the time. And so when I was born, um, my grandfather brought my older brother to the hospital with him to meet me for the first time. And at that point, my mom had absolutely no idea what to name me. And I love this story so much because my brother watched Power Rangers his entire life. So back in the day in 1996, the pink Power Rangers name was actually Kimberly. And so my brother was very excited to name me Kimberly after the pink Power Ranger. So I grew up with this identity of being a pink Power Ranger warrior. I could fight crime and nothing bad would ever happen to me to literally seeing how um, we I had two younger brothers born after that. Um, I lost one of them. He ended up drowning in a mop bucket when mm. I was about eight years old. And then when I was 10 years old, my older brother that named me James got into a car accident and ended up passing away. Oh. So my foster journey began between the ages of eight and 10. And I was moved from um, my family home to my neighbor's house for two days to my aunt and uncle's house where I was abused. Um, and then I ended up going to my other aunt's and uncle's house where I grew up and lived there until the time that I got married. Um, but I came back, I came to camp when I was, um, seven for the first time. And I fell in love with the atmosphere of everything that was happening there. Um, even though I lived in a more stable home at that time, my family didn't know Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. They still lived the normal life of, um, you know, my aunt worked so many hours. My uncle worked so many hours. They eventually got a divorce. Um, my adoption was pushed back because of their divorce. And I was just always questioning whether or not I actually was worthy of a love that was 
that that I that I lived in this world and if I was worthy of love. So my first year of coming to camp, um, everyone loved me from the get-go. The moment I walk, walked into the church building, people were singing my praises. They knew my name. They glorified the ground that I walked on. And I remember specifically asking my counselor, how much do you guys get paid to be here and mm -hmm. give me this week? And Dave was an amazing volunteer the week of camp. It would be incredible if we did get paid, but also it would take away from a lot of what's happening in our hearts. And so right. she told me, we don't get paid anything. We're here because we love you, because Jesus loves us and wants us to love you through him. So I ended up getting baptized the week at camp, um, mm. and it was incredible. I offered, I asked God to be in my heart, and at seven years old, who knows what that's going to look like. You right. either are all for it or you're not. And when you're on fire at camp, just like any normal youth camp that you go to, you know, you you commit to this life that you're going to live. And then you go back to, in my, in my um, experience, reality of then I was getting, then I was in a home where I was abused again. So I was questioning why Jesus would allow for something like that to happen in my life. So the commitment that I made at camp dwindled away. Um, when I was 15 years old, I reached out to our director at the time and I Facebook messaged him and he is now in his 60s and is not very good at using Facebook. And <laughs> I remember exactly what I said. I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Kimberly. I was a camper um, from the ages of seven to 13. Um, if you remember me, can I please come back to camp this year and be a counselor? Because I knew that at the age of 16, you can come back to camp. And so my message sat in his uh, message box for seven months. I didn't hear anything. So the yeah. day of the message, I was stoked. I was so excited. And then day after day after day, um, my excitedness slowly dwindled down and eventually exactly what my first message, what my first sentence said was confirmed. He had forgotten about me. So, mm. so uh, seven months later, he finally responded and he said, I'm so sorry. I'm an old fart. I don't use Facebook. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come back to camp. You were not forgotten. And then he ended up bringing me a bike, which was super cool. <laughs> and I started the process of coming back as an adult. So I didn't, I wouldn't say that I knew Jesus that first year. Um, in fact, now as a director, I don't think that I would have brought myself to camp <laughs> as a, the staff member that I was, because I tell people all the time that the staff at camp that year had to pay more attention to me than they had to pay attention to the children, because now I was a 16 year old who mm -hmm. was dragging along this baggage that 16 year olds don't know how to talk about. So I was an emotional wreck at camp. I was mean to the campers. I was mean to the other staff. I started drama. I, it was really just a wreck. And so, of course, um, the staff members loved me anyways. And I started to develop relationships with the staff members at the time, which is my friends, Zanette, um, Hannah, Reichert, 
and people like them, the more biblical world of friendships. And at that point, I was in high school. So the, kid, the kids that I hung out with at high school weren't the best influence. So eventually, mm-hmm. at the age of 16, because I went to camp and because I developed those relationships, my worldly my the world around me immediately changed after i came back to camp i stopped hanging out with my friends from high school and i started hanging out with the kids from youth group and at at church and i started going to youth group and then that year is when i started to be poured into by a spiritual in a spiritual way um it wasn't until i turned 17 again and came back to camp that I was really devoted and on fire for God. And then that's when I had the vision of being a director. Wow. It's an amazing story because yeah, you know, it's a risk maybe bringing you back uh, as a counselor, maybe not really spending time getting to know where you were at spiritually, but I think that God spoke and, and I'm sure that you can attest it. Somehow God got the message to, uh, the gentleman that you're speaking of. I don't know if you want to name him or not, but uh, uh, he it, obviously God put it on his heart to let you come in and serve and and just you know fulfill the RFK pledge. And even though you were a little bit too old, quote unquote, they were still ministering to you. And I think that it's, it's just amazing how God works that way. It is amazing because at that point, because I was so close in age and so immature, I really related to the campers in a way that nobody else could. (laughs) You know, I would joke with them. I would give it right back to them all the time. And I think that they were able to see that instead of somebody trying to come in and fix their lives, somebody was coming in and walking alongside the journey with them. So that was incredible. And that's still something to this day that I am able to do. And I, I love joking with our campers when they when they bust out that attitude or they bust out, I'm going to run away or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just totally like, do it. I'll run with you. I will joke with you. I don't care. <laughs> now, the 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 a guy that uh, you, you spoke with, I, I don't know if we want to mention his name or not and give him credit because I know that you guys are still super close. Yeah. So he is now um, he has become like an earthly father to me. Um, it's Pastor John Schweider. He he travels all the time. He's a Royal Family Kids Camp ambassador. So he actually um, travels church to church and starts new camps. And the, the camp is amazing because I was able to volunteer uh, this past uh, fall. And like you said, we're not paid, which is, it, it's one of those things that you couldn't pay us enough to do it. Right. because. What, what you do, it's not about any reward. It's about talking to you know people, to these kids, and, and the fellowship between the counselors, uh, because uh, we had uh, some of uh, our, our pastor, Pastor Brian, a couple of his kids served, and uh, the, uh, Matt and uh, the others that, that were there. You know, we all have kind of this bond now because we serve together at the camp. Yeah, so I tell people all the time, once you serve at Royal Family Kids Camp, you literally become a royal family. You you yeah. get this inseparable bond, and it's amazing to be able to just minister together. In hearing your testimony, you talked about at seven years old, you you accepted Jesus, but then you never discipled. So it was kind of the, the, the seeds planted on thorny soil, but you kept going back. And then when you go back at 16, 
finally some of those thorns are pulled away and, and the seeds are starting to to actually sprout and it, it sometimes the seeds take a decade to to grow but seeing where you are now it's it's an amazing turnaround from where you started but knowing that the seed was planted all all the way back then right and i i think it's such a beautiful representation to even compare it to a seed because even if you overwater a seed or you don't properly take care of a seed all you have to do is push it back in and eventually it'll sprout so that's what i feel like my years of coming back to camp continuously were they kept pushing me back into the dirt pushing me back into the dirt waiting for me to be able to um become a cornerstone in that dirt and finally just stay and start to grow where i was planted and after you came back and then you started getting discipled and hanging around positive influences, how much of your 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 baggage did you still carry? Was it complete freedom or did you still have to wrestle with God for a few things uh, based on, on the things you went through? You know, I tell people all the time that I don't think that I fully was free from my bags until I got married. And it probably was a year and a half into marriage. That first year of me being married to my husband, Eric, was a little rough. Um, you know, being married to a man that offered me love was really hard for me to accept. And things became uprooted in my life that I didn't even know that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing phenomenally well you guys both serve uh, with uh, our church yeah uh, you've got a baby on the way uh are you ready for a gender reveal yes so we are having a little baby girl and um i'm a hairstylist so i'm so excited to put tons of bows and ponytails and pigtails <laughs> in this little girl's hair and um i am telling people now that so i am due in may and camp is in july and me and this baby will be a package deal at camp so i will be having my little moby carrier and me and this baby will be um, directing camp together so we are extremely <laughs> excited for that so year two is coming up in july and uh you know between planning for baby and now you're actually going to have two babies because you got uh, your royal family kids camp and You've got your baby girl on the way. Yeah. Um, how is planning going for year two? Planning is going well. Um, we, our director team, I will be completely honest with you. Um, our biggest struggle is finances. And that's only because we want to give the kids everything under the moon um, and the stars. And unfortunately, that costs a lot of money to do. Um, so we are very free spirited. We actually overspent last year and have to kind of come up with that money this year to make up for the fact that we did spend a little bit more than we should have. But other than that, we um, have applications for both staff and campers right now and things um, in that planning aspect are going really well. And you mentioned uh, funds. One of the things that is coming up is there's a fundraiser uh, through Lou Malnati's in uh, the New Lenox, Tinley Park, and Homer Glen. Uh, that's in Illinois coming up on March 24th. Uh, can you tell us about uh, that fundraiser? Yeah, so you can either do dine-in, take-out. Um, you can also buy for some frozen pizzas um, to stock up your fridge. And 20% of all the proceeds will go right into our pockets. The only thing that you guys have to do is order a pizza and mention either the flyer or Royal Family Kids Camp, and that 20% will come straight to us. 
And I don't know if you can make it out, but I, I posted a picture of the uh, the uh, the flyer on our screen right now. So if you're in uh, the uh, Chicago suburbs, head out to uh, Homer Glenn New Lenox and uh, uh, ask uh, Lou Malnati's. Tell them uh, to give 20% of your order to uh, Royal Family Kids Camp Lockport. And that's coming up on March 24th. Um and if financially uh, you're not able to necessarily uh, contribute, there are still plenty of ways to be involved in RFK. Uh, what are some of our biggest needs for this year and beyond? So our biggest need is always we need people to come out and um, come to camp. We we are a full family, so we ask everyone from the ages of 16 to however old you want to be to come to camp because we have people like support staff who are there to run after kids and just have fun with them, to aunts and uncles who are there for our birthday parties, and that's more of a um, part-time gig. We have counselors who are with our kids 22 hours a day. We have uh, grandma and grandpa. Um, when I was a camper, the best grandma we ever had was this little old lady who sat in the corner all day and knit, and we were mesmerized by her. And I think it's because she was such a peaceful and gentle spirit that we just wanted to be by that um, loving person. Um, yeah. We need um, Bible instructors. We need people to come out and bait worms <laughs> and take <laughs> our fish off the hooks and stuff like that. Um, we do special events like birthday parties. Um, we do a Christmas party um, and everything in between. So that's our that's our biggest focus on what we want. We always need prayer partners, somebody to just pray for um, each and every staff member, each and every camper while we're at camp and our weeks leading up to camp um, and even our weeks after camp because it's a little it's a little much to digest our weeks after camp, especially for those who don't quite know what they were getting themselves into when they signed up for camp, which because we are within our first couple of years, it's pretty much all of our staff members. Um, and then we just need people to um, come out and help us. So part-time volunteers, we have people, we have people specifically at camp who just run to Walmart all day for us that a lot of the staff members don't even know about. <laughs> um, when somebody's wife gets pushed into the lake, <laughs> they need new clothes and stuff like that, Dave, right? <laughs> I, that, that's gravity's fault. God invented gravity, so he'll take the, uh, the fall for them. <laughs> For those that are wondering, I did not push my wife in the lake. We, I, was, I was sliding the canoe in that she was sitting in, and it, it's not a perfectly level terrain, so... Gravity happened, and uh, she took a nice mud bath, but her skin was lovely for a few weeks afterwards. Yeah, it was like a spa day at camp. <laughs> <laughs> but RFK camp, it, it's amazing. I'm uh, so glad that I was able to uh, to serve. And one thing that is really needed are more godly men willing to serve. Yeah. And uh, so anybody that's uh, watching this, no matter where you're at, if you're watching it in Illinois, we'd love to have you at uh, – at Lockport, but if you're watching anywhere or listening anywhere around the country, there are chapters that you can serve at that would love to have you. If you have a heart for God and a heart for kids, they need you, especially men, uh, because there's so many negative male role models, if there are any men in these children's lives, that they need some men that they can say, hey, this is what a real man should look like. And it doesn't matter if you're, because 
for those of you that are listening to the audio, I'm not an athlete. So you don't have to be this super athlete. You don't have to be good at much of anything. You just go and be willing to, uh, to serve. And that, that goes from ages, because uh, uh, Nate served, he was, what, 15? Yeah. So, so we ask our staff members to be 16. Um, Nate is our pastor's son, and I have grown up with Nate. I've known him for a very long time. So we did make an exception for that 15-year-old, um, not to mention all of our staff members at camp have no problem telling Nate when to uh, man up when he needs to and stop <laughs> like a 15 year old and he is very mature for his age, but we do ask for 16 year olds if we can. So 16 on up, we need to. And if you're, if you're 116, if you can still walk a, a campground, we'd love to have you because as, as Kimmy said that, you know, having that grandfather or grandmother figure is always a joy for the kids. It is just to um, instill a happy uh, family dynamic is really healthy as well. Um, last year, my father-in-law came out and did a magic show. And just the fact that I went up to him and hugged him, some of the campers were like, who is that man? That's not your husband. Why are you hugging him? And just to be able to tell him that that was my father-in-law and that um, that we love each other very much was a huge surprise for them. So even, even that that distant family is a blessing to them. So we, we like to have aunts and uncles. We like to have grandma and grandpas. Um, obviously we don't have like moms and dads or anything like that because that's a stickier situation for them, but we do like to become a Royal family so that we can model that for them. And you can come bring your wife with you, dump her in a lake and uh, <laughs> it's, it's all gravy. And here's the thing, I've worked with kids in uh, group homes before, plus working uh, and serving at RFK. One of the things that's sometimes easy for people who work in a camp is to feel like they're not making a difference. I know I kind of struggled with that a little bit. Um, maybe uh, talk to that and, and uh, share with them, uh, share with our audience about seeing the results. So, um Without getting into specifics of this child's caseload, mm -hmm. Dave last year had a camper who was not allowed to be around other campers. And we sat him down and probably scared <laughs> so much out of him the first day of camp. And we rattled off this list of things that this kid potentially has done in his life. You know, he he came with warnings like he was a packet of cigarettes you know mm -hmm. it, it was it was from you know he could do this to other kids he set fires before he can do this and that and we 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 all got so scared of this poor little boy and he came to camp and he was probably the happiest person the happiest camper at camp he was the first one to extend a hand to Bobby when she fell into the lake and asked if she was okay and asked if she needed help, which is something that we got ourselves all up into um, a hizzy about that we didn't even recognize the potential of how much Dave can pour into this little boy's life. And Dave came up to us as directors and asked us, how, how do I know if I'm making a difference? <laughs> well, he didn't try to kill you. <laughs> he <laughs> He didn't try to set a fire. We haven't seen any of those actions displayed that we were 
warned about and that we had a I had to sign paperwork about to make sure that we followed X, Y, and Z of this case plan for him. And he was the happiest boy. And then as if his actions at camp weren't enough, we got an email from his foster parent when we got back saying that he, she, doesn't, she didn't know what happened to him the week of camp, but he came back a changed person as if an entire weight was lifted off of his shoulders. And Dave did that as his counselor and Dave had no idea. So that is the number one thing that we say at camp all the time. They're not acting out anymore. You're making a difference. And that that's another thing to, to look at is, yeah, we had the warnings, but we also didn't treat him like he was a warning, like he was a, a problem child. We just treated him like a kid. And and that that's so crucial to what RFK does and, and how everybody that works with kids should think is be aware, but don't let that determine how you treat them because they're still kids. They're still malleable and they can still grow and there's still that seed that needs to be watered a little bit. Yeah, and I think that it's important to realize that we put on such an armor of God before we get into camp that we are so well trained and we're not, like I said before, we're not there to fix them. We're there to walk through the journey with them and just being a loving part of their lives. And, and I can't encourage and I can't endorse enough. Um, if you're able, if you have any, any talent whatsoever, if it's fishing, if it's telling dad jokes or, or telling mom jokes, whatever, <laughs> uh, you, you can be a benefit and you'll be changed, if not more than, than any of the kids that you serve. And I really hope that you would consider uh, serving uh, RFK, uh, whether it's Lockport or anywhere. And if you're not able to take the time off work, uh, as, as Kimmy had mentioned, finances are, are really important because we want to make sure that nothing limits what we can do to pour into these kids. And uh, the uh, the fundraiser again, uh, New Lennox, Homework Glen, and, and Tinley Park Lou Monati's on March 24th. Uh, be sure to uh, get pizza that night. Uh, you know, guys, do your do your wife a favor. Say, hey, honey, I got dinner tonight, and you're going to be doing it for a great cause. Just make sure to mention uh, the fundraiser for our family kids Lockport, and 20% of your order will go uh, directly to RFK and help make the uh, July camp a, a, a real uh, success. Um, so, uh, Kimi, what we do on, on the show is we have two segments that we wrap up with. Uh, one is called the interrogation, where I ask you seven quick questions, <laughs> and uh, they're random. They wouldn't have otherwise fit in the, uh, in the conversation. And then, I'm uh, because you're somebody that's uh, doing so in a different way, you're, you're stepping into your gifts, your talents, and your passions to uh, honor God. So I'm going to ask you for your wise counsel uh, for anybody that wants to step into their gifts, whether they want to be a camp director or just in general want to use their gifts for God's glory. So for the uh, the first segment, it's now time for the interior. All right, so the first question is, what's the world's greatest ice cream flavor? Mm, chocolate. <laughs> any particular brand or just any chocolate? Any chocolate. I'm more of a frozen yogurt girl, though, so. <laughs> All right. Question number two, who's on your playlist? 
I have everything between rap music and country music. So, <laughs> but I have been doing a lot of Bethel lately too to prepare my heart for camp. Okay. Now, was that the church answer just because people from church might be watching? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number three What's the last movie that made you cry? Um, I feel like everything makes me cry nowadays. <laughs> um, I did watch the, um, oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. Instant Family. Okay. That's a, a blended, a mixed family um, movie. Yes. It's about uh, two people who aren't able to have any children. So they decide to go the route of adoption and they plan on adopting one child and end up with three. So you should definitely check it out. Nice. All right, question number three. Uh, what's something that you wish you were better at? Um, public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing fine, and you did last year at church, so I, I think you're doing fine. Definitely takes a lot out of me, but. <laughs> All right, question number five. Uh, what habit uh, does uh, Eric have that you tease him about? He is such a loud person. <laughs> I think that his entire family is pretty much on the louder side. And um, I did not come from that. I come from um, confinement and being alone all the time. And he is just a bull in a china shop all the time. <laughs> all right, question number six. Uh, what is your favorite uh, story or passage in the Bible? Um, I really like the story of Ruth, um, just her transformation and how she um, is able to find her God-chosen identity. All right. And the final question, uh, if you could be any superhero, who would you want to be and why? Hmm. You know, I've never seen a single superhero movie, but I will say that probably Spider-Man, just because I think that it would probably eliminate my fear of spiders, <laughs> which would be beneficial at camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially the, the one cabin that had, uh, an infestation. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Zanette shared a cabin last year, and we did not even turn the lights on once. <laughs> we just <laughs> got in and got out. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, uh, the uh, final, final question is, for anyone that's looking to uh, step up and use their gifts for God's glory, what is your wise counsel? Um, I would say to just be able to step out of that um, shame that sometimes comes with being a Christian, um, not necessarily in a bad way. We should never be shameful of who we are, but because of where our nation is right now, um, it's a little tougher to wear our hearts on our sleeves and be the biblical person that we're supposed to be and fighting the truths. Um, so just be wise in how you go about that without offending anybody, which is easy to do nowadays. Um, and just going through and doing everything, um, out of love. It's a good word. So, uh, for those that are watching or uh, those that are listening, get involved. You can donate, you can volunteer, uh, visit lockport.royalfamilykids.org. Um, you can also, uh, find, uh, Royal Family Kids Lockport on uh, Facebook at RFK Lockport IL. Um, so uh, be sure to follow on social media and pray about how you want to get involved. For those not in Illinois, uh, we wouldn't turn down the help if you wanted to fly in, but uh, there are chapters all around the country that are looking for volunteers. Um, and I, I really think that it, because my wife works in education, 
and I know from my experience with group homes that males are, are short supply. So especially men, uh, we could really use more men stepping up, pouring into these kids and getting your life changed because it'll, it'll help you more than you can even think about helping the kids. Mm -hmm. I think. So, uh, Kimmy, before we wrap up, I do uh, want to give you the floor one more time. Make one final pitch for anybody that wants to get involved or is considering getting involved with uh, Royal Family Kids. Um, I, I would like to share the fact that I became a director not only to pour into our kids, but to also pour into our staff member. Um, I know how it is to be on both sides of that, that uh, the pyramid that we are at Royal Family. So... No matter what you're struggling with, um, if you need to bring that to camp with you, please do. Um, I was not innocent at 16. Um, I brought a lot to camp that I should have left at home. And I had staff members who were there to help me alongside that journey. Um, we are very good at Royal Family Kids Camp Lockport in raising people up and becoming a family. So you will not ever feel alone in your walk in the week of camp. So come to camp, um, meet Jesus if you don't already know him, um, and help us help our kids. Amen to that. So uh, check it out. Uh, it's uh, lockport.royalfamilykids.org or on Facebook at uh, RFK Lockport IL. And a shout out to our home church, Thrive Church in Lockport, uh, the, the church sponsor of uh, RFK Lockport. If you're looking for a home church, check it out, uh, EncounterThrive.com. And uh, Kimmy, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure having you on, and it's been a blast. I uh, hope you had fun, and I wasn't too hard on you. Nope. Thank you, Dave.